Welcome to Talent X, the Talent Experience Podcast featuring authentic conversations on the future of work, empowering you to better understand and deliver a best in class, future proofed career experience. For more insightful conversations, visit talentxpodcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Talent X Podcast. Hello. I'm John Holland, and welcome to Talent X, the Talent Experience Podcast. Today's guest is Charlene Lobby. Charlene is an author, writer, speaker, and talent management consultant. She's been named a top HR digital influencer and is best known for her HR bartender blog that she describes as, quote, a friendly place to talk about workplace issues, unquote. HR Bartender has been recognized as one of the top five blogs read by HR professionals by no less than SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management. And it has also been honored as the best business blog by the Stevie Awards, the world's premier business awards. Publications such as the New York Times, ABC News, and the Wall Street Journal have sought out Charlene's expertise on topics related to human resources and the workplace. She's also the author of Managing of, excuse me, of Manager Onboarding, Five Steps for Setting New Leaders Up for Success, and The Recruiter's Handbook, a complete guide for sourcing, selecting, and engaging the best talent, which are available both on Amazon.com and in the Sherm store. On a side note, Charlene says that her personal goal in life is to find the best cheeseburger on the planet, which means she's probably been channeling Jimmy Buffett. So it's hard to top that. So I'll just ask you, Charlene, how are things? Things are, things are good. Things are good. Um, I have my health. I have my family. So things are good. You know, given how the times have been the last year or so, that's about as good as it gets, I think. You know, it's an, it's, um, it's an exercise in, in change and adaptability, right? Flexibility. (laughs) And resilience. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. So we have a lot to talk about and our time on these things is always tight. So let me let me ask you, how things changed for you in your work as an HR and talent management consultant during the past year? What are organizations looking for when they reach out to you now? And what kind of workplace and talent management trends are you seeing in the wake of the lockdown and so many people now working remotely? It's a great question. I think one of the first things that organizations are talking about is how do we help employees work better remotely? Um, You know, one of the things I like to call it self-management. You know, a lot of times when we're in an office environment, managers might manage, communicate by looking around. Um, You know, I can see you and I remember that I need to tell you something or I need to brainstorm with somebody. So let me just walk around the corner and go sit in that person's office. And now what you're finding is that organizations are saying, okay, how do we do that in a remote environment? How do employees solve their own problems? without anybody around? How do they learn 
without anybody else around? You know, how do all of those things happen when we are independent or more independent? And, and so I, I see a lot of conversation about um, individual accountability and individual productivity, you know, that whole self-management concept. That's the other thing that I see a lot of organizations talking about right now is how do we create learning opportunities for people um, without sacrificing quality? You know, how do we create virtual learning opportunities without sacrificing quality? I think when all of this started a year ago, gosh, it's hard to believe it's been like a year ago. It um, is. <laughs> but when all of this started, I think a lot, a lot of organizations said, you know what, we're going to be all back together again. So we don't need to think about certain stuff, you know, like how to do a performance appraisal when we haven't seen our employees for the past year, or how do we conduct in-person training? We don't need to think about those things. And now it's been a year, we have to do that stuff. We can't, you know, we just can't simply say, push it off anymore. Well, you know, this sort of leads into, and you touched on this a little bit, something we were talking about earlier, and that's the challenge and difficulty of building a strong workplace culture when so many people are working remotely and the workforce is so widely distributed. You know, how have organizations fared in this regard? Because, you know, I, I was a proponent when I worked in an office of the whole trend of managing by walking around where you talk to people, you are bouncing in. And since I worked mainly as an editor in creative endeavors, um, you know, oftentimes problems got solved when you just popped in to talk to a person about something fairly minor. And then it somehow got you into talking about something else and it led to maybe some possible solutions to a problem that you had been trying to solve. So are, are companies right now concerned about how they are building their own internal culture when everyone seems to be working someplace else? Well, you know, I think, and you probably saw this too, a year ago, you know, when all of this started, I think companies made a lot of decisions on the fly. Um, you know, they just decided, you know, this is what we need to do. And I, I don't, I don't criticize a company that made that call. Um, you know, they needed to make a decision that was good for their workforce and they did that. But, you know, now time has, has passed and, you know, it's interesting because I think that there's a percentage of the business world that's saying we can't, if we don't all get back together and start having an office environment, we're going to dilute our culture. And then there's, I tend to fall into a different camp, and that's the group of people who are saying, these changes are now becoming part of our culture. It, granted, you know, I think managers and organizations have things that they need to figure out, um, but I do believe that companies are um, looking for ways to be more intentional with their actions, uh, setting up those one-on-one -on -one meetings, trying to find ways to do uh, virtual fun things and brainstorming. So I think organizations are really trying to evolve their culture as a result of everything that's happened. 
is it possible that um, a company or an org organization can have a hybrid model? Um, and I've, I've been reading that some companies are talking about maybe the way to help with the culture is to have a day or two or three, depending on the company, a week where people came back into an office and were there. And so you worked from an office part of the time and you worked at home part of the time. And the office work would be for checking in, seeing a person's eyeballs, talking about things that perhaps aren't as easy or as good to talk about on the phone or through like the email, doing those kinds of things. And frankly, that kind of model like appealed to me. If Fuel 50 was based in say San Diego, um, I could take the train, go 90 minutes to San Diego a couple of times a week and that would be just dandy by me. And I would feel closer to my coworkers and the people that like I work with and, and with my staff. Are you seeing that? Is it possible to like do that? And but by the way, I agree with you that what we've been doing for the last year is now part of the culture, whether we wanted it to be or not. And we have to just cope with that. And I, th I agree with you that there will be moments in time where employees will want to connect in person and the hybrid model is being talked about a lot. I used to work for a consulting company and this was, you know, many years ago, but I worked for a consulting company where none of us really had an office per se that we would come in to space. And let's say, for example, you and I were working on a project together. Um, we would arrange to be in close proximity to one another because that way we could work on our project together. We weren't interrupting anyone. We could, you know, brainstorm together. We could work on, um, you know, deliverables that we needed to work on. And the next day, maybe I needed to work with someone else in the office. And so the next day, if I came in, I would work with someone else and maybe you didn't need to come into the office. So you would not show up. But it's the idea that office space is used a little bit differently. And I'm hearing organizations talk about, think of it like reserving a space. Um, and we reserve a space, it's cleaned for us, you know, and then if we're not using that space, someone comes through and they clean it for the next people who are going to use that space. So instead of... Uh, think of, of I have an office you know maybe with pictures and plants and all of that kind of stuff that we typically you know have around our desk area think of your office as being very portable um, that the focus is on the relationship and the work not on the space uh, you know I, I know you watch leadership pretty closely um, can you have you seen and any, anything any decisions any things that companies or organizations have been doing during the lockdown that particularly impressed you um, or struck you as a really innovative solution to some of the workforce and talent management challenges that we've been facing? One of the things that I thought was pretty impressive when companies were making the decisions to send employees home was Several companies just said, take whatever you need. 
You need your chair, take your chair. You need your monitor, take your monitor. You need files and pens and whatever, just take it. it there wasn't a, oh, we need to worry about the inventory or you know that kind of stuff. It was take whatever you need in order to be productive. And I think that's awesome. The second thing that I've noticed is and you've probably seen this too, a lot of organizations that have funds dedicated to the office experience, you know, we're going to have baristas in the office, and we're going to have free food and, and those kinds of things. They've taken those funds and said, we're going to send pizzas to everybody's house, or we're going to send gift cards to everyone and say, have lunch on us today, get it delivered, you know, that kind of thing to help employees feel a little bit like the company remembered them and some of the things that are going on, uh, you know, if you work from home, you're used to having all your meals at home. And, you know, you work from home, you know, you have breakfast, lunch, yes. and dinner at home. Um, if you work in an office environment, you might have breakfast at home, um, but you, you're used to grabbing a coffee outside of the office. You're used to having lunch out. And so I think that some organizations said, you know, let's try to do something nice and special for employees. Well, and you know, the thing that I like about that is the unexpected nature of it, because my experience has been um, employees really love it when they get caught off guard a little bit and you do something nice for them that they didn't see coming. Um, I think so much of us, what we do, how we judge things runs on our expectations. And it's when you have no expectations at all and something nice comes your way that you're really pleasantly surprised and pleased. And that's a real, uh, real morale builder. Um, and you want to build a, build a culture that helps a little bit. That is one way to do it. And I used to work in the hotel industry, and one of the things that we did all the time was um, thank families for sharing employees with us. And I could see this as being a perfect time to, you know, send dinner to somebody's house and say, hey, you know, we just want to let you know that we're thinking about you and your family, and we hope you're safe, and we hope you're well. Awesome. That is just fantastic. Well, you know, the whole irony to me about this work at home, I can remember as far back as 20 years ago, talking to a CEO or a boss about working at home part of the time and get it getting it routinely rejected. And then suddenly everybody scrambling to do it and, they're, and all the objections they had that I heard for 20 years suddenly are moot <laughs> because oh, you're you had to do it. You're absolutely right. A lot of organizations that did not think the remote work model was going to be feasible are now stepping back and saying, you know what, this really is very feasible and we're, and employees are doing a great job. So 
do you hear much, do you get much in the way of um, companies reaching out to you to talk about maybe have you work on things having to do with, with employee morale during, during all of this? One of the big areas that organizations are focused on is helping managers manage. You know, you mentioned it, a lot of times managers are used to managing employees that they see all the time. Now we're talking about an environment where I don't see an employee, I manage them not based on time, but I manage them based on results. That means having more intentional conversations about what expectations are, what the deliverable is going to look like, making sure that employees feel like they can reach out to their manager if they run into any obstacles along the way. So helping managers manage in this kind of environment is important. I also think, and I could be really wrong about this, but I think that there are a lot of managers who, when you know, when you think about the fundamentals of management, they spend a lot of time in meetings running their departments, and they're not doing that now. So what kinds of things, what kind of direction do we need to give to our managers so that they're staying not just managing everyone else, but that they are um, feeling, you know, well-being and they're not stressed out. You know, managers are working from home too, and they have all of the same challenges that we talk about employees having, right? You know, right. they they have, you know, uh, kids that might be, you um, partially being homeschooled and, you know, they're working at home with other members or maybe they have a caregiving responsibility. And uh, so we have to view our managers not only as the people who are taking care of our employees, but we have to view managers as employees and they need that same kind of direction and coaching so that they can be successful. That is a great observation, and I wish we had more time to talk about it, but as I said at the start, we run out of time real quick, so one last question. Here at the TalentX podcast, we wholeheartedly believe that everyone should have a job that they love, one they're passionate about, so Charlene, what do you love about what you do? I love that it's always changing and evolving. Um, I, I'll, I'll a personal confession to make here. I have a very low tolerance for boredom. So the fact that um, you look around you and the work is always changing and growing and expanding and evolving is very exciting to me. Well, my guess is that you experienced a lot of that during this, this past year. <laughs> well, Thank you, Charlene, for chatting. This has been wonderful. We really appreciate you being here, and we'll have to have you back again at some point. Well, thank so, you for having me. It was my pleasure. So for the Fuel 50 Talent X podcast, this is John Holland. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Talent X podcast. For more talent experience and future of work conversations, visit talentxpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalentX Podcast. Or join the conversation with hashtag TalentX Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. 
TalentX, the talent experience podcast, was brought to you by the fabulous Fuelies at Fuel 50.